G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Ron Ross is our Middle East reporter. He's joining us on the phone. Welcome back, Ron. Thank you very much, Tracy. There's a lot happening in Egypt at the moment. Let's start there. Yeah, it's not a place that I would choose for a holiday right now. Uh, the military will be taking over and uh, the tip is that Field Marshal Abdel Fattah al-Sisi will become the new king of Egypt, he's being called. Uh, but the uh, government resigned and made the way for the military takeover. Uh, the Prime Minister, Bevlawi, said today the cabinet took a decision to offer its resignation to the President of the Republic, but he gave no clear reason for the decision. Uh, it would seem pretty obvious, however, uh, that he's been encouraged by the military to get out of the way, and just incidentally, uh, it creates a different atmosphere for Egyptian Christians who have been living in fear for some time. Well, there's a lot of persecution that they're facing. Uh, yes, and it's been very recent. A Christian Syrian family living in Alexandria, Egypt, was stabbed to death last Monday in their home. Uh, the family consisted of a father, 44, his wife, 35, their six-year-old son, Michael, and the wife's brother. Now, the reason they were murdered was probably because they supported the Bashar al-Assad regime in Syria. And uh, most uh, Egyptians are opposed uh, to Bashar al-Assad because they want uh, Sharia law to come into Syria, and Assad has that under control. And even Christians support him because of the fear of the uh, uh, Sharia law uh, coming into effect. It seems uh, quite amazing to me that the most powerful governments in the world are in no position to bring peace to Syria, uh, after almost 150,000 people have been killed. Yeah, let's stick with Syria at the moment because I know Israel's Prime Minister has visited the wounded, hasn't he? And that hasn't necessarily been so well received. Uh, it's caused a, a, an amazing reaction. It's been slammed by rebels, Syrian rebels, but praised by uh, refugees. And one of the press reports in Israel had an interview with a uh, Syrian uh, Civil War veteran Abu Dandachi is 37 and he arrived in Istanbul, Turkey in September after 18 months on the run. Uh, he said there is goodwill and humanity on the Israeli side despite everything I've been taught to believe during my life. He spoke about uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu who visited an IDF field hospital on Tuesday in the Golan Heights. Uh, after visiting with the wounded uh, the president uh, spoke about Iran uh, providing weapons to sustain uh, the activities in Syria uh, and uh, said he was very concerned uh, that the murders continue to happen and Israel just wanted to offer a hand of encouragement and support uh, to those who had been injured and wounded in the hospital. And speaking of offering encouragement and support, Angela Merkel has done just that. She's in Israel at the moment. 
this is very interesting because we know that Angela Merkel and Benjamin Netanyahu have had some very heated discussions by telephone in recent times. Uh, someone told me that they were actually red in the face as they screamed at each other. But uh, last night, Angela Merkel arrived in uh, uh, Tel Aviv and she had with her 16 government uh, ministers in what is described as the biggest open show of support for Israel. She uh, has warned that Israel will have to make tough decisions if peace is uh, going to come politically to the Middle East. But also she's offered to represent Israel in three countries where Israel's not welcome, uh, meaning that her ambassadors would represent Israel interests. Uh, she's going to receive a award uh, while she's in Israel from President Perez. And she met last night, I know, uh, with Netanyahu. So a very encouraging sign from the Germans. That's right. And on the issue of uh, defamation, there's certainly a lot being said in regard to anti-Semitism at the moment. That's at pretty high levels, isn't it? Not seen since World War Two. Anti-Defamation League Chief Abe Foxman uh, has said that it's as bad as World War Two. He said, uh, I think we take a look at what's going on. I think the assessment is that anti-Semitism is not only in Europe, but globally, and it's probably the worst it's been uh, since World War Two. Uh, Europe is where the Jewish people have paid the highest price for anti-Semitism, and it's sort of an old new phenomenon, he said. Uh, this is a, a mounting concern. The Simon Wiesenthal Centre sent a strongly worded letter to the Dutch Deputy Prime Minister last Tuesday addressing a major degradation of the attitude in the Netherlands towards Jews and the State of Israel. Uh, the specific issue the letter addressed is a statistic from the University of Bielefeld showing that 39% of Dutch citizens believe Israel is conducting a war of extermination mm -hmm. against the Palestinian Arabs. However, the Simon Wiesenthal Centre calls out a Dutch official for not acting to prevent uh, that phenomenon from spreading further. Uh, also, a French court on Wednesday ordered a controversial comedian to remove two sections of a video he posted on YouTube, which has uh, widely condemned as anti-Semitic. And so it goes on. I've got uh, quite a few of these reports. Yeah, horrible situation. But you've been doing some reading by uh, on a book by a rabbi. Tell us about that. I, I, I haven't actually read the book yet. It's just come out. Uh, I've ordered it. <clears throat> but I have read an interview uh, with Rabbi David Saslow, uh, he's published a book called Jesus, First Century Rabbi. And he said, I cannot imagine a Christian whose Christianity would not be greatly enhanced by deepening his or her knowledge of the historical Jesus, the Jewish Jesus, and about the religion of Judaism. Simultaneously, it seems to be the right time for Jews to reclaim Jesus as an authentic Jewish teacher and a native son. It looks to be a very interesting book, a challenging read, and I, I'm looking forward to its arrival very soon. I'm sure there's a number of people that have travelled to Israel in recent days that will be interested in reading that one as well. Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter, always good to chat. We'll talk again next week. Thank you, Tracy. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.